From a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. One of Canada's most highly regarded singer-songwriters, David Miles grew up as a man out of time musically, preferring Elvis Presley and Miles Davis to his generation's favorites like Pearl Jam. He'll be showing his talents that won him a Juno at the Six String Concert Series on Friday, March 4th. Welcome to Craft, David Miles. Thank you. Nice to be here. You've got a wide variety of musical styles that you, you play, uh, from jazz to acoustic, and you've said that you are a acoustic crooner. <laughs> yeah, I've had a hard time kind of placing my music, certainly, because I, I, I'm, I'm into a lot of different stuff. I got into singing by way of Chet Baker. I was a trumpet player growing up, and then in high school I got this Chet Baker cassette and started singing along to it and realized that I loved to sing, and I loved his singing, still do. And so those were kind of the first songs that I sang. But then I bought a guitar, and and uh, so jazz wasn't the first place I fell in the guitar world because I was learning three chord songs, and I got really into Willie Nelson. And and then you know I kind of grew up with some Paul Simon and James Taylor around the house, so it's kind of a mix. Now I find myself somewhere in between all those things. Your latest album includes some previously released material, including the song "When It Comes My Turn." Tell me about writing that song. So the album that I put out in the fall in the stage is actually a collection. It's kind of like a best of, but I re-recorded songs that I've recorded in Canada over the last maybe 10 years. So rather than doing a, a actual best of where I just collected the recordings from these various CDs that I put out, I thought, let's re-record them so they so there's a bit of a unified vibe between each of the songs, and then, and then we'll put them out. And when it comes to my turn, it's probably, my, in many ways, my most popular, certainly my most popular folk song in in Canada of mine. You know, I've played it for years. And it's a song about that I wrote on a bus. I, I always joke that I wrote it during my quarter-life crisis. It's a song about getting old. Some of that feeling when you're kind of going, okay, how I, I feel like I'm getting old, but how do I make sure that I age gracefully, you know, and not necessarily with the same pitfalls that we see uh, around us, people, you know, getting cynical and getting bored and tired and all those things. So I thought, how do I, I just, the song just kind of wrote itself. I wrote the chorus on this bus trip and then, uh, and I knew I, I felt like I had something special, but it was what really opened things up for me in Canada uh, because it, it really, I don't know, it really has resonated with a whole bunch of people, more people than I, than I thought at the time. I honestly, I thought I wrote it for people that were in my age bracket. But honestly, the the people who resonated, who the songs resonated with most, are are those in my parents' age group. You know, people who have retired recently, and they're thinking about, you know, maybe the last fifteen, twenty, twenty five years of their life and how they're going to do that in style. So it's been interesting to see, you know, what you think the meaning of a song is going to be when you put it out, and 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 how it changes over time. But I, I still basically finish all my shows with that song. I, I love playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wondered when I uh, was watching it. Um, it said, "I'm ge- there's a lyric, I'm getting old, but I'm not old yet. And, and I looked at the very young person on screen and thought, uh, you're not getting old yet, mister. Well, I think and that's, and that's what people always said. Especially, I mean, I, when I first put it out, I was even younger than I am now, you know. And But at the same time, I think that's kind of the funny thing about it, I guess, is that with aging in general, we all feel old you know what i mean at certain times it really is a psychological thing that you know when you're when you're 10 and you see a 15 year old you think that they're really old well i'm getting old but i'm not old yet i'm already worried that i might forget how to laugh how to love how to live how to learn 
I want to die with a smile when it comes my turn. What was going on in your life that prompted you to write the song? At the time, I, I, was, I was feeling like, okay, I'm at a university now. I'm becoming an adult. So I'm going to get a job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably have kids soon, all these kind of things. Now I have a job. You know, I, I'm now a professional musician full-time, and I have two kids. And, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's those transitions in life more than anything that kind of can make you go, Oh man, I feel like I'm I'm now entering this new stage of my life. But I think that's probably why I said I'm not old yet because I was holding out hope. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I I will say that I'm old now, uh, so I feel <laughs> the song. You've got a trademark suit that you wear, and it's in all of the uh, videos. And uh, tell me about the the derivation of that. I understand there's a story behind that, a promise that you made. Well, there is. It came right around the time I wrote that last song. I remember because I. I had left, I used to work in politics. Well, just very briefly, I studied political science in university. My parents thought I was going to law school. I went and worked in politics for a year at the Ontario legislature. It was really interesting. But, you know, my parents were holding holding out that I was going to then go to law school. My brothers, I have three older brothers, and they're all doctors of some sort. And so it was... You know, I came from a pretty strict household with, with really high expectations, and I was the last one to come through. And when I told them that I wasn't going to go to law school, I wasn't going to work in politics, but I was going to write love songs and, you know, folk songs, uh, it was a tough, tough break for my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they were certainly open for something else and uh, at the time, you know. And so we made a deal, and so the suit comes into it, and I, I basically, because I told my dad that I'd wear a suit to work every single day I, 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 just to make him happy, you know. It was a bit of a deal because he, he was hoping that I'd have a more of a straight job. So I said, listen, I'll treat it like a straight job. I'll wear a suit to work every day. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've done ever since. Best, best decision ever made. <laughs> You've also got a, a very well-regarded video that you did a couple years ago called Inner Ninja. Tell me a little bit about that. That was the only day I didn't wear my suit to work, actually, strangely enough. I, you know, it was a song I did. It was a rap song uh, that I, I work with a, a hip-hop artist in Canada in Classified who is a, has had a big career and, and at the time was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we've become really good friends. And I collaborate with him a lot. I, I write hooks. I play trumpet on some of his stuff. And I love working with him. I find it completely fascinating. He looks at music really differently, but we loves being in the studio, works really hard. And and so we were working together on this song. And and uh, I had the kind of chorus idea. And then we worked on it a bit more. And then we kind of really honed in on the idea of calling it Indonesia, which took a while because we thought, no, this is going to be a terrible idea, a great idea. And we took the risk put it out there and it became a huge hit became the biggest selling Canadian hip hop song of all time and it, and it, so it went quadruple platinum in Canada and so so you know this song had started doing well when we made the video and then they call in I was in Toronto to make the video and okay well I'll go and I, you know, I wasn't dressed up I thought I was wearing a ninja costume for this thing I just wore my regular clothes next thing you know I'm in this video that, you know, pr- prominently featured because I'm singing all the hooks and it becomes a huge video. Like it, it became, it's after that time, this song just kept on growing and the video really helped it as well. It, it won the, the video of the year, the Most Music Video Awards and and uh, it kind of became an anti-bullying anthem, this song. And it was, it was really a cool experience. I read the rules before I broke them I broke the chains before they choked me out Pay close attention, yeah. really learn the code. Uh-uh. I learned to read the map. For any songwriter, I think, uh, at any time to have a hit, 
is a very exciting thing. It's a different, it's a, it's a different feeling because you kind of sense, you can just see it percolating. You know, as soon as we put that song out, the response was big. And it wasn't just about radios playing it. It was that people were talking about it on the internet and talking about it here and there and sharing it. And then you got a sense, okay, we really hit on something. And as a songwriter, when you start with an idea in your room by yourself and then see it kind of explode like that, it's pretty, it's, it's very rewarding, especially when you think you might have something special and you've taken a risk and you kind of, and Koss and I had, Koss and I had worked together a lot and we really believed in what we were doing. So to see it kind of go was, was pretty amazing. We, it got signed to Atlantic and, you know, we went down to Atlantic Records for, for me as a huge fan of soul music and R&B. It was pretty exciting, obviously, home with Ray Charles and Aretha and everything else. So it was pretty, uh, the whole experience was really neat around that song. Do you get the opportunity to perform that a lot? Because as you said, you're singing the hooks and um, Classified is doing the rapping. Do you switch back and forth? Have you tried to rap the song? I, I've done that a couple times. I don't do it. I've basically only done it once. It was just recently. I just decided to try it one night. I don't know why, but I, usually <laughs> I just was feeling extra bold. In most cases, I come out with him on his shows and then do it. Otherwise, I will do this. I'll do my parts. I kind of inter like a big part of my show is storytelling. I like people to kind of know where I'm coming from, and I, I, it's part of for me an entertaining show is to have a varied show that people can 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 access you know all ages and and so i often tell the story of the song by way of singing the hooks i kind of sing the hooks and rather than rapping i tell the story of how this song how i have this alternate career in hip-hop and so it ends up just being kind of a funny part of the show where where it ties in and it, it helps i think a lot particularly in canada because people sometimes come to the show and they go oh yeah I don't, this guy looks familiar i have no idea how i know him and then all of a sudden i sing that hook and they go oh he's the guy from inner ninja mm-hmm. you know of course and and so that's that's great for me i don't i, I like it it's, you know they often get in my other stuff by way of that and i, I appreciate that have you uh, considered starting a rap feud somewhere along the line to uh, to enable this uh, maybe some sort of <laughs> argument with east coast west coast something like that? Be, I, I think that that would go really bad i think <laughs> that that would go really poorly for me uh yeah i like the idea i like the concept yeah in canada it, does, it, it happens a little less Right. Yes. It happens a little less. Although Drake's Canadian, and you know he's doing pretty well in his rap battles right yeah. now. He's 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 holding his own. So he, uh, you know, I don't think <laughs> I don't think I'll be picking any rap battles anytime soon. I assume it would be some argument over who's more polite or who says sorry the most. Who's more sorry? Right. Yeah. Probably a little uh, U.S. Uh, joke there. <laughs> well, David Miles, thank you very much for talking to me today on Craft. Really oh no, it. my pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative. Be creative.